0: Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everybody good? Oh, come on, everybody good? Hey, welcome to Destiny Church. We're honored to have all of you hanging out with us today on this Christmas service. Let's give it up one more time for our worship team. Didn't they do a great job today? Great job. I want to share a couple things with you before I preach today, and uh, I just there was, I got a text last night I want to share with you, and then I got a message this morning. So you guys know that at Destiny Church, one of the things we want to do, one of the things we want to be known for is our values, is generosity, and we want to be generous in our time, our talent, our treasure, and every single thing we do. And I got this message last night, so you know the last few weeks we've been doing Angel Tree, and uh, you have an opportunity today um, to continue to be a part of that. And, uh, but anyway, we gave several gifts as a church to Angel Tree. One of the things we did this year is we helped sponsor um, a foster group, and we wanted to give uh, foster kids shoes. Because of your giving, listen, I got this text last night. Because of the amazing blessings from this church, we were able to pull this off and go above and beyond. We gave and I know you're going to clap at everything, but wait, we'll clap at all of it at the end. All right? We gave name brand shoes for over 200 children. We gave Christmas for 15 youth teens who are about to graduate out of the foster system, and they were spending Christmas alone. We provided them Christmas. Christmas. We provided shoes for two single moms and their children in this church. We provided a pair of work boots for a young man who just graduated out of the foster system. And those boots were $230 for him. We'll also be dropping off a large donation of shoes and socks to Isabel's house and Harmony House. And we, they went to Walmart and they got a gift Christmas gifts for a nine-year-old little girl. They got her all taken care of, all because of what you guys did. Give it up for yourselves just right there this year. And that's just some of the things we've done as a church this year. I got a text um, this morning from Pastor Dixon from Ch- uh, and Chippo from Africa. And you guys know that um, back in September, uh, my heart just went out to their condition with, during COVID and drought and no food there. And so I was like, man, we got to do something about that. And I was like, we want to give $5,000. I told you guys about it. Well, we didn't give 5000 We went above and beyond. We sent $25,000 to Africa. And that's amazing. <laughs> You guys did that, but here's the cool thing. They sent me a text this morning, and they said, because we sent the money, but sometimes it takes them a while to gather all the food. They said, we got all the food, and because of you guys, we are now beginning distribution to several villages, and they will now have meals and food to last them for months because of this church. And so let's give it up for you guys again. Great job. Great job. You guys, every, every week, every time you talk about giving, you guys just blow me away. And we're going to have that opportunity to be generous here in just a moment. Next Sunday, don't forget, uh, we will have no in-person services. Next week, we're going to do live stream only. Two days after Christmas, we know a lot of you will be traveling, but also we just want to keep everybody as safe as we can after COVID and things like that. And so next week, it'll be live stream, about a 30-minute service, 9 o'clock. Gather your friends, your family, sit around your Christmas tree, your TV, and watch um, as Pastor Mark and Tasha and Abigail, Abigail and I will be bringing Christmas to you guys. So you are here from all of us, so don't miss it. Next Sunday, 9 a.m., but that'll be available throughout the week also. You can watch that if you can't get there at 9 And get there another time, it'll be on there. So don't forget that. Man, I love this time of year, and I love our Christmas service. It's one of my favorite events of the year, one of my favorite services. And in just a few moments, we're going to take communion as a church. It's going to look a little different this year, um, but we're going to take communion as a church. But before we do, I want to take about 20 minutes. And I just want to talk to you just kind of about the big reason for Christmas. And I know that if I say, hey, what's the reason for Christmas, what's the reason for the season, we're going to say Jesus. And that's the obvious answer, and I'm not taking anything away from Jesus, because it all is about Him. I would say a thousand percent true, the reason for the season is Jesus. But I was thinking about it this week, and as I was reading in Luke chapter 1 and in Luke chapter 2, it kind of came to me, the big reason for not only the season, but the big reason for Jesus' coming was redemption. Redemption. I think Christmas is about redemption. That's what I believe. When you read Luke chapters 1 and Luke chapters 2, you begin to see the stories and the births of John the Baptist and of Jesus. And the stories and the hymns that surround the arrival of these two babies lead to the fulfillment of God's promises to Israel and to our spiritual fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. These births begin to bring that to pass. And so when you begin to read in the Gospels, you begin to see, one thing I want you to see when we read read Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, or when we read Matthew or, or whoever's account of the birth of Jesus, when we look at the Gospels, we have to understand that at this point in time, Jews, Israel, was under the Authority of Rome this is pagan Roman authority and so this only as they are under this political authority it only heightens their desire their dream their hope for redemption but because of the political environment which they are living in it makes redemption seem further away than ever and so we see these two boys these two babies coming onto the scene, and the Jews are struggling to understand because they know that they are God's people. They know that they are chosen, so they're struggling to understand and how to figure out how are we, God's chosen people, living in this political environment enslaved to Romans. And so the question that begins to emerge, you can imagine it happening around dinner tables, is how is redemption going to be achieved? Where's redemption going to come from? Well, fast forward some 2,000 years, we can say that we know that redemption comes through Jesus. But at that point in time, Jesus is not yet on the scene. And they've been waiting and they've been prophesying and they've been hoping for redemption. But they're wondering, how is it coming? Well, we could say redemption comes through Jesus. And for the next few moments, that's what I want to talk with you about. I want to give just a little spin to the Christmas story. And I want to talk with you about redemption which I believe is the deliverance of humanity from their sins. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, I just want to come to you for just a moment, and I want to ask you to be in this room. You already are. You're already moving. You're already doing something powerful. And so, Father, I thank you, and I bless you. Pray that you move. Speak through this message. Speak through me. Give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, and give us all ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when we read Luke chapter 1 and when we read Luke chapter 2, it speaks to this idea of of redemption. And we see that it's addressing the hopes of Jewish people. And this idea of redemption begins to happen in Luke 1 and in Luke chapter 2, and they begin to proclaim the birth of two boys. One we know is Jesus, Emmanuel, who's God with us, Messiah. But it also, we begin to see the foretelling of the forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist. And these two births proclaim that God is getting ready to fulfill His promise to Israel. I think this is a big deal. I think we just gloss over this in Scripture. And I think oftentimes we just jump to Luke chapter 2 in reading the story. But this is long foretold prophecy that these people have been waiting for. And it starts with a boy by the name of John. And they begin to foretell of these two boys, and it's saying, hey, it's all coming to pass. One thing I want you to notice, when you read Luke's Gospel, um, when you read all the Gospels, each writer is a little bit different. Each writer has a different spin, a different take. The story's the same, but you can see different writing styles. Well, when you begin to see Luke write, Luke is a doctor. But Luke, not, not only does he write the book of Luke, Luke is the one who wrote, he wrote the book of Acts. And so Luke has this statement that he makes. If you go and read those, you'll see this statement that he makes quite often. He repeatedly talks about the proclamation of good news. In these books, Luke uses the verbal expression to proclaim good news as opposed to what the other other authors use, the gospel, the noun, the gospel. Luke's language reflects more of a Hebraic expression and goes back to biblical passages such as Isaiah chapter 41 verse 27 that says, I was the first to tell Zion, help is on the way. I will send Jerusalem, listen to this, a messenger with good news. And so Luke's writing is connecting back to prophecy. And he's preparing us for this arrival of this Jesus. And ancient Jews, ancient Judaism understood verses like Isaiah chapter 41 verse 27 and they knew that and they this was a part of God's promised plan redemption for his people now when the Jews thought of redemption and God's plan they thought it was political they thought that that God would send somebody to establish a kingdom, to come and be their king, and that they would rule and reign. They would no longer be under the authority of places like Rome, but they would now be top dogs. And that's what the Jews were looking for. But how I many you know, that's not what Jesus was coming for. He never came to establish a, a political kingdom. He came to establish a religious kingdom. He came to establish a relationship. He didn't come to be, you know, President Trump or Vice or, or President-elect. Biden he came to be king of kings and so the Jews are looking for this political kingdom and so in Luke chapter 1 when the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah, who was John the Baptist's father hey I've come to give you good news it's not only good news for this young couple because they've been waiting for a baby but he's saying hey I've come to give you good news, and it it doesn't merely mean the birth of a son, but Gabriel's language to Zechariah hints towards this, that John the Baptist, Zechariah's son, is going to play a part in the redemptive plan of Christ. And so I think we just kind of look over this sometimes, we don't pay attention to this, but the angel was telling Zechariah, hey, your son is going to play a role. But here's what I think, I think what what was actually being said Redemption is coming. Redemption is almost here. I think that's kind of the message that the angel was saying. And Zechariah would have understood this to some degree because of prophecy. Well, then, Luke chapter 2, we get there and it's, it continues this story of redemption. And so the angel Gabriel has told Zechariah the plan. Now the angel Gabriel, in Luke chapter 2, we find him talking to a different group of people about redemption. And he's talking to some shepherds out in a field. And listen to what he says in verse 10 of Luke chapter 2. Don't be afraid, for I've come to bring you good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And here's a key. And I'm going to close kind of talking about this. And it's for everyone, everywhere. Redemption, listen to me is for everyone everywhere redemption the angel goes on to say in Luke chapter 2 verse 11 through 14 for today in Bethlehem a rescuer was born for you he is the lord yahweh the messiah you will recognize him by this miracle sign you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a free, in a feeding trough then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared the very armies of heaven and they all praised god singing Glory to God in the highest of heavens, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of man. Listen to this. Why are they singing? Redemption is at hand. Redemption is at hand. So the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah and he says, hey, redemption is coming and your son's going to play a part in it. Now, fast forward just a few moments later, the angel is now coming to another group of people, the shepherds. And he's saying, hey, redemption isn't coming. Redemption is here. And God's promise of redemption to his people is being fulfilled through a baby. And his name is Jesus. And here's how you'll find him. Redemption is here. Uh, Something I want you to catch today, the worldview of the Bible Let's get it outside of America for a moment. The worldview of the vibe of the Bible focuses primarily on the, on the community and the collective group. You get the Bible into America and it becomes about the individual. So the angelic proclamation to Zechariah, the angelic proclamation to the shepherds announced that God's redemption is not about the individual, it's about the whole. I'm going somewhere with this, I I feel like the Lord wants me to say something to us that's not about the individual, it's about the whole. Let me say it this way, the Bible is about we, but we've made it about me. Let me say it again, the Bible is about we, but we have made it about me, especially in American Christianity. We oftentimes personalize our faith. And some of you are thinking, well, it is my personal faith, and it is. But we say things like this. What does the Bible say to me? What has God done for me. What's God going to do for me at Christmas, at Easter? Salvation for me. And listen to me, that's okay to a point. I believe that God does have a plan for you. God does want to talk to you. God does love the individual as much as the collective. But I think oftentimes we focus so much on me that we get forget the big reason that God came. If our primary focus is on me, we miss that God came to fulfill a promise to a group of people that he was coming to establish his rule. And his reign for that people. And because of that, all people could know him and know his son. But we get so focused on me that we forget God's big idea of his message. That redemption is not just for you. Redemption is for we. It's for all of us. It's never been just about me. It's never been just about you. It's always been about everyone, everywhere. Redemption. Redemption. If we look back at Luke chapter 1, we see Zechariah begin to talk about redemption. He's not necessarily using that word, but you see this idea. And I don't know, every year as I begin to dig into stories of the Bible and begin to read new things, new things jump out, and and there's something powerful about Zechariah's hymn in Luke chapter 1. And I want to read it to you, verse 67 through 80. And it says then, so it starts out with, in verse 67, it says, then. Now, what I want you to see here, you have to kind of look back, is when the angel came and told Zechariah and them that they were going to have a baby, Zachariah doubted, right? And God took his voice, and he could not talk again. So after he says his name is John, he gets his voice back, and here's where we find ourselves in this story, okay? So then after he gets his voice back, Zechariah was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied saying, I want you to hear the prophecy that Zechariah is like confirming is getting ready to happen. There is joy in his voice. Praise be to the exalted Lord God of Israel, for he has seen us through the eyes of grace and he has come as our hero God to set us free. He appears to us as a mighty savior, a trumpet of, here's that word, redemption from the house of David, who's he talking of here, his servant. Just as he promised long ago by the words of his holy prophets, they prophesied he would come one day and save us from every single one of our enemies and from the power of those who hate us so he's prophesying he's he's excited about his own son but he's also foretelling that Jesus is coming and he's the one who's been prophesied and told about and you can hear excitement in his voice look ahead to verse um, 72 now he has shown us the mercy promised to our ancestors, for he has remembered his holy covenant. And verse 73 and 75 are a powerful. He has rescued us from the power of our enemies. This fulfills the sacred oath he made with our father Abraham. Now we can boldly everybody say that word. Everybody say the next word? That's key. Now we can boldly worship God with holy lives, living in purity as priests in his presence every day. And I and to you I prophesy, my little son. He's talking to John. For you will be known as a prophet of this glorious God. You will be a forerunner going before the face of the master to prepare the hearts to embrace his ways. You will preach to his people the revelation of salvation life, the cancellation of all of our sins to bring us back to God. The splendor of light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation. All because, listen to this, I mean this, I think sometimes we skip this, but he's saying Christmas is coming. But it's not about presents and it's not about truth. Tree- And it's not about songs. Christmas is coming, but it's about redemption. And that's what we have to catch in this story. The word from heaven will come to us, verse 79, with dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness, near death's dark shadow. And he will illuminate the path that leads to the way of peace. Something that I've already mentioned is the Jews believe that redemption is coming. They believe that, but they believe it's coming in the form of a political kingdom. But God is saying, no, it's not coming in the form of a political kingdom. It's coming in the form of a relationship with my son. And Zechariah, his hymn, gives evidence that he knows it is coming. And here's what I want you to see. So Jews thought political freedom was coming, a political kingdom was coming. But no, God's saying, no, redemption is not about political. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. And here's what here's. I want you to write this down. This is on the screen, but this was kind of the actual idea of Jewish hope of redemption. Freed from their enemies, Israel can now worship God as intended. That is the hope of redemption. Verse 73 through 75 says, He has rescued us. Again, I want to say, He has rescued us from the power of our enemies. This fulfills the oath He made with our father Abraham. Now we can boldly worship God with holy lives. So for for the Jews, it was, hey, freed from our enemies, we can now worship. But for us today, it's freed from our sins. Because of a Savior, we can now worship God. That's Christmas. That's the hope of Christmas. A baby was coming. To free us from our sins so we could worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is much like Israel's first act of redemption or God's first act of redemption for Israel. Moses and, and Aaron go to Pharaoh and they say, hey, let God's people go. Why did he say let them go? What was the purpose? So we can go and worship. Redemption is never about the individual. Yes, God wants to save your soul. But why does God want to save our souls? So we'll worship Him. Christmas is not about what you can get out of it. Christmas is about worshiping Jesus. That's the big idea of Christmas. Redemption. A baby has come to save us from our sins. And listen, Christmas... can never lose sight of the fact, we can never lose sight of the fact that yes, God brings freedom and redemption, but God brings us freedom so we can worship Him. God brings us freedom so we can serve Him. And that's the message I want us to catch this Christmas. Jesus didn't come some 2,000 years ago so you could have presents under the tree. Jesus didn't come some 2,000 years ago so we could sing Christmas songs. And watch Hallmark movies. How many of you have watched more than 10 Hallmark movies already this year? Raise your hand and be proud of it. Come on. Come on. Cody, raise it high. Raise it high, Cody. Jesus didn't come so we'd find ourselves stressed this Christmas season. Jesus didn't come so you'd find yourself all alone this Christmas season. Jesus came to redeem us, God's people, from our sins so we can worship and serve him. Yes, it's always about the collective. It's always about the group. God saves us so we can reach other people and impact other people. But it always points back to Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. And our prayer this Christmas needs to be, Father, thank you for the fulfillment of your good news by sending your son Jesus. And may this good news of hope and redemption be shown through our lives to the world. And may the world know that you came to save all people. And if that's the story that our lives tell, then we will be tremendously blessed. Let's pray.